This is London Live on 980 CFPL. Some of the greatest things that we can hear on talk radio are people's stories. What it's actually like. What they have actually been through. And we were talking about the Liberal Caucus meeting here in London over the next three days. We were talking about some of the topics. We were talking about strategizing for the next election. So playing the political game. And some of the topics that they will be dealing with are mental health, are homelessness issues, certainly affordability. And right before news at 4 o'clock with Matt Trevithick, Rob called us. And Rob had said that he is somebody who believes that, well, Maybe let's let Rob say it all over again. Rob has been nice enough to hang on. Rob, we were talking about addictions. We were talking about all sorts of things. And you called. For anybody who wasn't listening, what was it that you wanted us to know? Well, I think it's just sad how they don't don't try to rehabilitate or make you any better. They try to just maintain you and keep you going and keep you happy. And it's, it's saddening. I was on it for five years. Uh, they, they were not happy that I was lowering my doses. It took me nine months to come down and they were mad. They, they would email my doctor and say the method to his madness is cause he wants to, uh, he wants more opiates. It, 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 and that gave me motivation to quit. So I've been off it now for seven years, but to hear these stories still go on, it's sickening. It, it really is like, it, and it's not government run. It's privately owned. They don't care. They care about the dollar. There is people out there that can get off of it. They just need the help. So, Rob, first off, you know, wow, seven years? You have been clean seven years. That's amazing. Yeah, I've been clean. I was at 110 milligrams, which is very high. It rotted out my back teeth. Um, It's just a gutter that you're in, and there's no way out. Good thing I had the most amazing family in the world to support me through this. Hence, a lot of people don't. But... Like, if somebody can hear my story and know it's possible, it's possible. You just have to push forward. Rob, when you say they don't want you off of, in this case, methadone, who are you referring yeah. to? Um, the, the prescribers thereof, uh, the privately owned companies that distribute this methadone, this poison. It's not, it's not doctor, like, they, they may be doctors, but it's privately owned, it, it's... It's not a government-run system, which it should be. It should be on it nine months. And if you breach that, well, then the conditions are you don't go on it again or something like that. Like, they have, to, they have to have guidelines. You can't be on this for the rest of your life. Like, I know people that have been on it for 10 years. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. It and should not happen. What are the effects of methadone? Because a lot of times we will hear that somebody who has an opioid addiction can get methadone, and that can help, as you indicated. That's, that's yeah. the idea. Help to get somebody off or help to try and help somebody get clean what are the side effects of methadone itself well i was i was sick almost every morning um to the point where as soon as my bile came out i was fine but if i did not get my dose it it was something else it was worse than opiates and i had been doing opiates since i was 19 and started methadone when i was say 36 it it was a long time doing, but they just kept pumping my dose, pumping my dose and say, well, wh- how are you going to maintain your soreness? Once I, 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 I'm not sore anymore. 
Like I used to have all aches and pains. I, I've been off it seven years and I have no pains. I have a steel leg from bouncing on a trampoline. I've, I got fractures in my back and I feel none of it now and I'm completely drug free, but these guys need to know you don't need this shit or stuff. Sorry. No, that's all right. And was that what had you using it in the first place was pain? Yes, for maintaining my pain. It, I turned a necessity into a novelty and started abusing it. So it was my bad on that behalf. But they, I, I thought that they, they were credible and they would help me through this. But it's five years and they were determined to keep me on it, determined. And I, I fought the law and I won. Wow. Rob has called us and we're talking about the fact that Rob has now been clean seven years, but to manage pain, Rob was prescribed opiates and you just said it, you turned a necessity into a novelty. That's, uh, that's a, a great use of, of words. You're not alone in this, Rob. I mean, we have countless stories. We, we, there's a new Netflix documentary that talks about how everything was introduced in terms of opiates and how all of, uh, all of the, uh, the prescribers were doing it, at least in the United States. So yeah. in getting off of this whether it's methadone or, or making use of, of opiates, how did you ultimately do it? I just, I stuck to a goal. My father was uh, unfortunately sick and I had said to him, I'm going to quit. And um, I just, I came down about five to 10 milligrams a month. And on his final day, I was at six milligrams and I whispered in his ear and that was that. I never went back. Wow. So, yeah, it was it was tough, but uh, like I said, I had family that to support me through it and not a lot of people do, but it's 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 not something that you need to keep doing going every day to get a drink. It's focus on you, not on that. It's I don't know, people just need good guidance and they need reassurance that they can do it, not just, "Oh, what are you going to do for pain once you're off methadone?" Well, let's worry about that when we come to that. Let's just get me off this. If they didn't care about the profit, they'd help me, you, him, her get off it. Rob, really appreciate you taking the time to call and tell your story today. Not a problem. And if I hear another segment on this, I will call back. And I'd like to hear some success stories from people. And it's just sad that it's still going on. Like I, I, well, you're a like, success story, and you may have inspired others just by calling today. Well, I really appreciate your time. And uh, back to work it is. But thank you. You gave me goosebumps, and you have a great evening. Rob, you too. Take care. Thank you very much, Mike. That's what talk radio is for. Being able to tell stories. I mean, and Rob raises a point. He says he felt, and he's someone who is making use of what is supposed to be helping. And he's feeling that that help just wanted to keep him on the prescription that he was on for methadone. That's that's what he was feeling. That call prompted a text, and the text said, I'd like to know why we have so many methadone clinics, but we don't issue Suboxone. It's been referred to as the Jesus drug to get people off of opioids. Well, we said we'd look into it. We try and keep our promises on this show. Up next, we're going to talk about opioid addiction and Suboxone. What is this? Is it a Jesus drug? Is it something we should be hearing more about? We 
were alerted to Suboxone yesterday by a text. Raise your hand if you've heard of Suboxone before. My hand is not in the air. I don't know how many hands are. Not that many. Methadone for opioid addiction. That's the one we hear a lot about. So we took a moment to sit down with Dr. Stephen Laviolette. He is in the anatomy and cell biology department at Western University. And we asked Dr. Laviolette to tell us when Suboxone became part of the equation in dealing with opioid addiction. Right. It's, it's definitely not as well known as the more popular uh, treatment choice, which is, uh, of course, methadone. Suboxone is, is a pretty unique drug because it combines uh, two different compounds. It's called buprenorphine, which is a, um, a partial opioid receptor activator. And also it has naloxone, which basically does the opposite. So it's a, we call it an antagonist or a receptor blocker. So it has sort of two different um, uh, functions in that uh, the buprenorphine can, can activate the same receptors in the brain that opioids would normally activate. But at the same time, it has this naloxone, which blocks some of those same receptors. Um, now, methadone, in contrast, is, is a full, what we call a full uh, activator or a full agonist at the opioid receptor, and it's synthetic. So it, it works very similarly uh, pharmacologically to drugs like heroin and, and, and fentanyl, for example. And it doesn't have that antagonist. It doesn't have the receptor blocker. So it, methadone is basically used as a synthetic replacement for heroin. And it allows the, the patient to gradually wean themselves off. But the problem, of course, is that because it's a full agonist, it basically mimics the actions of heroin, you're more likely to sort of replace one opioid dependence for another. Now, suboxone, on the other hand, um, because it has that naloxone uh, in, the, in the formulation, it has less withdrawal associated with it. And it's also better at re, uh, blocking the cravings for for drugs like heroin uh, versus methadone. It's um, well, fascinating that that's the way that that goes. Is there a reason why that wasn't the initial way of treating somebody who was trying to work through an opioid addiction? Well, one of the drawbacks is because it's not as active a replacement for drugs like heroin, there's less patient compliance. It's harder to get someone to stay with Suboxone because you can also have, you can also create some negative effects because you've got that naloxone in there that can also produce some negative effects. And it doesn't produce the, the euphoria. It doesn't produce the high that heroin does. So you can imagine if someone is, is very, very much in the stage of you know heroin dependency and going through active withdrawal, it's much easier to get them to stick to methadone because they're going to be experiencing less of the, less of the negative side effects that suboxone would create. But the advantage of suboxone is that it's at the same time helping to control those cravings, even if initially it's more difficult to get someone to stick to that medication. Dr. Stephen Laviolette joining us from Western University as we talk about Suboxone and we talk about methadone. We were talking yesterday and Rob was nice enough to call into the show and tell us 
his story. And then we got a text about Suboxone after that saying, you need to look into this because this is something else that does assist. When it comes to getting through an opioid addiction, Dr. Laviola, is there a way to put into perspective what that takes? Well, it's, it's of course, highly, highly individualized. It depends on the history of the individual. Um, of course, the longer one becomes dependent on opioids, the more tolerant you get to it. And the receptors in the brain that regulate, you know, the, that addiction process, there's more and more changes. So what our lab has been studying over the years is what are those molecular changes that happen? What, what sort of, um, you know, we refer to it as an addiction switch. So when you when you take a certain amount of opioids, what happens in the brain to sort of switch you into that addiction mode? And we know we now know that there's a host of different molecular pathways that are important for that. And I think I think moving forward, we need to develop more effective drugs that target those some of those specific um, pathways. And a lot of the current medications are they're they're pretty. I mean, Suboxone. Um, and methadone, they're, they're pretty simplistic, right? I mean, they, they're, they're basically modulating the brain's opioid receptor system, which makes sense because obviously that's the pathway that is being targeted by drugs like fentanyl and morphine and heroin. But there's, there's a more complicated underlying system uh, related to the opioid uh, addiction process that a lot of these current medications are not addressing. So I think moving forward, um, there has to be greater attention paid to what these underlying pathways are to develop more individualized um, treatments, because every individual is going to have, uh, you know, a, a slightly different history, uh, a slightly different um, uh, appearance of, of how their brain has adapted to the opioids over over the uh, dependence process. And we need to take those um those individual differences into account when we're developing more effective treatments. And is that becoming any easier? Because that sounds very hard. And I'm wondering if maybe that's why Rob felt that, you know, it was just, hey, stay on methadone. And this is kind of what we can do for you right now. Because it, it felt very, it sounded like it felt very generalized. Yeah, well, I mean, I've, I've been in this field for close to 30 years now. And, you know, it, many times you feel like you're banging your head against a wall because there there's a lot of, uh, well, there, there's not too much communication between the clinical world uh, and the, the, the research world, unfortunately. So a lot of the time, uh, drug companies aren't really paying attention to some of these discoveries and some of these new pathways that are being discovered in order to develop more effective drugs. And of course, the other, the other problem is that a lot of the large drug companies have gotten out of the whole sort of psychiatry field. And um, they're really focusing on other diseases as opposed to addiction, which is which is quite disappointing given given the current you know opioid epidemic that we that we're dealing with. Uh, it is disappointing that there's not more attention being given to the development of more effective uh, pharmacotherapies for these uh, disorders. Well, Dr. Laviolette, thank you so much for the work that you do and for taking some time for us today to explain this. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. That is Dr. Stephen Laviolette from Western University. So there is Suboxone. And this is part of working to get through opioid addictions, which unless you know someone who's been through it, 
It's tough to paint the picture. It really is. 